In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. Recently, I came across a study done by a psychologist who asked young children ages four through seven what love means to them. I like this. I like their answers because children don't have big super egos so you can look right directly into their souls. Listen to what the children had to say about love. Rebecca, a six-year-old, said, when my grandmother got arthritis so bad, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandpa did it for her, even though he had bad arthritis in his fingers. Susie, age six, when you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend you hate. That's pretty good advice, don't you think? Tommy, age seven, he's talking about his older teenage brother and her girl, his girlfriend. Here's what he says. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on cologne and they go out and smell one another. <laughs> I wasn't going to put that in. But you know what? God has a sense of humor in his DNA and he gave it to us and wants us to use it. Here's the creme de la creme. Mary, age four. Mary lived next door to an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. She saw the old man sitting in the backyard looking very sad with his face in his hands. She went over into the yard and climbed up into his lap. Now her mother was watching all this and when the little girl came back, her mother said, what did you say to him? She said, I didn't say anything to him. I just helped him cry. Wow. Gertrude Nelson, in her book, Dancing, Dan Dancing with God, said she was doing a sewing project, and she lost track of her, her little seven-year-old girl, and then she finally found her out in the backyard with a piece of the fab fabric she'd thrown into the trash can and a stick, and she was making a, a flag, and she said, I want to make a banner so God will come down and dance with me. Here's what she says, Gertrude. And I learned from my little girl how strong and real is the sense of wonder that children have and how easy is their way into what is sacred. Carl Jung says our sophisticated intellect doesn't understand the secrets of divine human mystery. So it isn't surprising that Jesus would say to you, unless you receive the kingdom of God as a little child, you will not receive it. And he took a child up in his arms and blessed the child and said, of such is the kingdom of God. 
I wrote a little children's hymn recently that I hope shows how concrete and, and, and how fundamental and how easily children relate to God. Say your prayers, say your prayers, you will know that God is there when you pray. Feel a tug and a hug, you will know that you are loved every day. With a slide and a thud, and you fall into the mud, God wipes your tears away. Close your eyes, place your head on your pillow as you pray. God loves you night and day. Parents, I, I wish I could teach you that hymn. So as you cuddle your children and feed them late at night, you could sing it to them. It's a holy occasion you don't want to miss. And I say to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that somehow buried deep in your soul, and you may not even be aware of it, there is a strong desire, like these little children, you crave to be held and loved by God. Jesus wants us to see the, the vulnerability and the intimacy of the gospel. In John 15, a, f a favorite image, he says, just as the branch, he says, abide in me as I abide in you. Abide means to re remain. It's not just, just a little occasional thing. Abide in me as I abide in you. And just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless you abide in the vine, neither can you bear fruit. I was meditating on this recently, and I thought Je Jesus gives us a beautiful metaphor. A beautiful metaphor to proclaim divine love for us in a very, in a very fleshly-oriented way and also a deep bonding love. It reminded me of the relationship between a mother and the child in her womb, a symbiotic relationship as vital life fluid flows from her body to that of the infant, so does divine love flow from Jesus into our bodies. Notice in the Gospel that Jesus did not say, I'm going to give you a wonderful commandment. commandment. I'm going to give you this great doctrine, this great image. No. He said, because I love you, I give you my body and my blood. 
The church in history has so long operated with a static and imperial image of God. God is a supreme monarch who is mostly living in splendor and isolation. God is assumed to be a superior authoritarian male judge, and his followers do their best at a long distance far away to please him. Richard Rohr, I, I think some of you know how much I value his daily meditations, and I, 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 if you don't have them, call the office and they can they can send you one and you can click onto it. It's a great way to start your day. But he's talking about decades of ministry in which he says people do not know the love of God. They do not know that divine human loving is one great enterprise. Because for a long time, our religion has been hardwired into a failed way of perceiving and acting with God. We need a major paradigm shift. Thomas Kuhn popularized this whole notion of a paradigm shift that brings an evolution in our way of understanding and acting. He says the structure of science as the scientific revolution says that a major paradigm shift has little to do with logic or evidence and everything to do with a cataclysmic insight and breakthrough. We need that. That's what the transfiguration is all about. You know, when I was in seminary, they said, oh, well, here's this wonderful theophany for you to enjoy, and then they went on. I want to underline and underscore that it's a pragmatism that says we need a paradigm shift and have always needed it. The present time seems so lost, and the church seems so unavailable to people and so irrelevant. But it has always in some way been that way. We want to take what is cataclysmic, which is transformative, and turn it into into a transaction that we can manage. Notice that, that Peter says, we'll build three booths. He wants to have something that he can manage. C.H. Dodd, the famous theologian, said, to transfigure a situation is to bring the total event into a larger context. And that's what we need, my brothers and sisters. We have this narrow, hardwired understanding of religion being a little piece over here and the rest of life over there, and we're so preoccupied with the rest of life. We need the transformation to let go of our egos that want to control life, And when we let go, we get connected with that deep soul love inside us that I referred to earlier, where we are held and loved by God. The beautiful thing about the transfiguration, it's a story of divine human loving, and we don't know where divine love begins and human love ends. It's all mixed up there together. I took... My two, our two, Anne's and my Colorado grandchildren to a golf school this past week, which took a major part of my time, but it was a wonderful opportunity for me to be with Katie, age 14, and Tommy, 10. 
And at the end, I said, uh, Tommy has to go back to school next week, but Katie doesn't. And I said, Katie, uh, Wednesday we can go out and play nine holes of golf. And you, you can bring along a friend. Think about a friend that might like to come and join us. And she said, Da, that's what she calls me. She calls me Da and Ann Nam. She said, Da, I would just rather play golf with you. Divine human loving creates wonderful opportunities in our lives for surprise. At the beginning of his new book, Divine Dance, Richard Rohr says, in the deep places of our souls, something exciting is going on. We hear a whisper that we were made for this dance. If we accept the invitation to join in the dance, if we accept the invitation to join in the dance, our souls are embraced with a passionate, divine, human, loving God. If with all your hearts ye truly seek me, ye shall ever surely find me, Thus saith the Lord, Oh, that I knew how I might find you, that I might even come within your presence. If with all your hearts ye truly seek me, ye shall ever surely find me, thus saith the Lord.